What's up, guys? Welcome to this episode of the Ace of Spada podcast, hosted by your boy right here, Anthony Spada. Man, I haven't done a introduction in feels like a while, but on today's episode, I am joined by John and Erica Childress. Uh, we literally talk about bodybuilding, relationships, motivation, everything. Um, you get a glimpse of what it's like to be in a relationship with two bodybuilders instead of just one. Um, how they both got into bodybuilding, um, some of their relationship struggles and how they also got along and how they deal with the relationship revolving around kind of working out, meal planning, etc. So stay tuned to this episode. Um, I really appreciate you guys listening. So let's welcome on John and Erica Childress. guys actually like meet like that's kind of one thing i kind of just wanted to know just to start off um it's pretty cool your guys relationship according with bodybuilding and fitness and everything and just you guys are pretty young as you said you're 26 um and 24 so you guys are very young um kind of just how'd you guys meet and everything go over that and then we'll touch into more stuff after that so actually how we met wasn't very fitness related at all (laughs) we met at summer camp um like nine years ago 2011 um and yeah we actually didn't really interact at that summer camp even though we had been going there like on our own our whole lives but then um he commented on a facebook post i made that was related to harry potter (laughs) yeah yeah Harry Potter brought us together. No, oh. me and my friend uh, made homemade butter beer, and he oh. comes on it, and he was like, "You got to make me some butter beer." And then he went <laughs> to the Facebook DMs, and it was kind of that was how we met. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah, I got lines, bro. <laughs> uh, the cool thing, see, I'm not a Harry Potter guy. I'm more of a Lord of the Rings type of person. Oh. Like that's like that's like my shit. <laughs> I can't get into it. I can't get into it. You know how many times I sat down and tried to watch Lord of the Rings? I just can't do it. Oh, dude, I can watch this for. I can actually watch this for ages. Like, literally can sit there. I did it with my roommates because we were kind of just bored one day, and I didn't have work that night, and we didn't feel like going out. So we just sat there for, like, 10 hours, just, like, watch these three movies, and we're just like, did we really just do that? And like, yeah, we did. But we've done it where we've we've done, like, Marvel marathons and everything, so it's not too awkward. But Harry Potter, I just couldn't – I never read the books, though. That's the one thing. I think that's where the disconnect is because I think with The Lord of the Rings, I never read the books, and so I couldn't get into it. It, but i read the harry potter books so like i'm way into it you know we both are we i mean we could watch we could watch harry potter movies all day anytime <laughs> yeah so uh yeah i commented on those pictures and i was just like you know i didn't remember her very much so we were uh we were about two and a half years apart in age okay. so the way that lines up at the camp is that i was always in like a graded camp above her until my last year in the oldest camp before I became a staff member. That was her first year at the oldest camp. So like, you know, so the group I ran with was just a different group within the confines of that camp. And so, um, that sounds weird, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, you know, it was just a place that was uh, very near and dear to both of us. I actually had the logo tattooed on my right shoulder. It's where Uh, we got married. Yeah. It's also where we got married. Oh, Yeah. So we met there and just kind of, you know, fell in love. I was a piece of shit. 
I don't know why the <laughs> fuck she was with me. You know, she was, you know, I was just, I was not in a good spot in my life. And, uh, you know, she just always believed in me more than, more than I did. He was always very respectful of everything that I wanted to do and supportive. And I had never really experienced that from somebody before. Yeah. Um, and like I had at the time I was, um, I was adamant about my purity and so he was always two purity rings that yeah that was excessive but that was just (laughs) just because i had them but but just the fact that he respected that and um always respected that never once pushed anything was just like huge to me and he's carried that throughout our entire relationship our entire marriage and it's just something that i've always valued in him yeah i think that's i think that's kind of the funny thing actually kind of listening back on this right here it's like it's funny how the right people come at like the weirdest times. Like you think it's like the right, like it's always thinks about the right time. Like I was taught, like we were talking about before, like we were talking about like Justin and Mark coming into kind of both of our lives and like being mentors for us. Yeah. And it's like those guys came into my life at like the literally at the right time, kind of nearing the end of my first kind of real kind of into fitness like really getting into bodybuilding and it's like kind of like two of the biggest coaches in the industry to kind of be mentored from in a way it came at like the right time but they also come and it's also like you said you were kind of struggling through life john and um you go by john right not jonathan yeah, I go by John. Okay. Okay. Yeah, all my socials has Jonathan, so you you would not believe how many times people will meet me and they call me Jonathan, and I'm like, no, John's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I, never, like, I never know. I always like, like you said, I always show respect on the show because it's like that's the way I roll. So I never know whether things are okay. <laughs> uh, but it's like sometimes the right people come at like the right time, and there's mm-hmm. also some people that come at the wrong time, but then yeah. it turns to the right time. Like that's yeah. kind of like it's kind of a weird conundrum that I just said, like in an odd way. Yeah. Um, but it's just something I noticed with like that's how it comes down because you guys met at summer camp and then he didn't notice and then it backtracked all back to it. Right. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, like the timing couldn't have been better. You know, I was exiting a really, really, really toxic relationship, um, and I didn't take enough time to recover before I met Erica. So in that way, like what you said, it kind of was the wrong time. Like we, we became best friends, you know, we started dating um, and whatnot, but it really wasn't the best time because I hadn't taken time to focus on myself and heal from uh, the prior toxic relationship I had been in. So we actually, during our relationship, took a year off of dating. Okay. Um, and we were best, I mean, for most of that time, we were best friends, you know, and we just had, you know, rules. Like we're, we're best friends. Like we're not going to cross that line. Our line was kissing. We like, we would pretty much do everything but kiss. <laughs> but um, we took that whole year off and uh, I just took that time to really figure out how to be happy with just me. And I remember I was walking through the hallways at the college I was going through at that one at that time. And I remember I just texted her. I was like, you know what? I'm having a really good day. I'm really happy. And she was just like, so ecstatic that I was happy because I just hadn't, you know, I was hard for me to find that back then. You know, I was, I didn't know what was going on in my life. I didn't have a purpose really, you know? Yeah. I went through, went through that too. I think when I, if you heard back to my few episodes, I had like a few bouts kind of with alcohol when I turned 21 and I had like a really bad experience when I was in DC over the summer. And I think the podcast was kind of my outlet. 
like this yeah. was kind of the way that i kind of talked it through and i didn't get happy though until i started to get consistent with it like like in december like we mentioned before we were talking about sean and that's when like it started like a week every single week i had an episode out since like the end of december yeah, and, yeah and that's like and like now i'm pretty happy it was like a full-out change the way yeah. like i just didn't care like i just didn't care like about like anything like the first semester was kind of like oh it was like that mind starting to shift into that mm-hmm. and then the second semester which is now which i'm at the end is like now i'm taking full advantage of i'm happy doing what i love doing because this is also when the coaching was formed when all this stuff kind of came about really quickly and I made yeah. investments in myself, like that's when it started to take over. And I just like genuinely am happy and I'm pretty content with being, I mean, not compared to you guys, I'm generally content with being on my own right now. It's just like I'm in that mode where I don't really need anyone besides like my family and people who want to be on my journey. Like I don't that's have time for, I don't have time for people with negative energy. I just yeah. don't, I rid them. I actually have, I actually fully text people. I'm just like, yeah, I don't want you in my life. I was like, not that way. Like in like in like a nice way, kind of just like end the relationship on like a good note and then leave. Like it's not like we talk very much. It's just like that's the way I kind of. Now yeah, I just don't give. A, I just don't give a shit. <laughs> I feel that. I mean, I won't even do that. I'll just be like, you know what? These guys, you know, uh, our lives are going different directions. That's okay. They want to yeah. reach out, connect. Cool. If they don't cool. No, yep. I'm not going to text first. Our lives are going to different directions and that's okay. Um, you know, just like with things, you know, you, you, you find value in things that you purchase. Eventually that t-shirt's not going to fit anymore. What do you do? You donate the t-shirts, you know, relationships are too different. You know, um, I'm a firm believer in the fact that some relationships are meant for seasons. Some are meant for days, some are meant for moments and some are meant for lifetimes. And, um, at the end of the day, like what you found was purpose. Yeah. You know, you talk about like I can even hear it in your podcast from the beginning of the podcast to like how you hand, how you sound, how your voice sounds now. You're happier, and it's almost like that purpose is the key to yeah. happiness. You know, if you're if you're attack if you're tackling your purposes and your purpose in life, you know that's where you're going to find true happiness. It's not going to be in all the bullshit. Yeah. And I think you're right about the purpose. Like, I look, I actually did take a listen. It's so tough for me to do one thing. I think it's tough for a lot of people to do. If you if you ever have a podcast on your own and you listen to this, you definitely <laughs> have struggled with this, is listening back to your episodes. Um, I always say the first episode is the best episode. And I listen back to it and I'm like, damn, I sound so freaking crappy back then. You just sounded yeah, a little sad, you know? And what, now that I know your story, like it makes sense. You you know, you were still searching for that purpose. You were searching for why am I here? You know, if you can't answer that question of why you're here, it's going to be so hard to just stay positive the way that you're able to now and what we're able to now. It's is if you know why you're here and what you're meant to do and you're doing it, there ain't a damn reason in the world to be sad. Yeah, actually, it's really funny. It's really funny to bring this up because I, uh, if no one, no one knows this, but or, no one knows this, but uh, I actually didn't share my story with you until like what two days ago. <laughs> yeah, which I had seen it. I had heard some podcasts and like kind of got yeah. a bit. But yeah, I mean, as far as for when you first opened up to me, that was a couple of days ago when you first like shared it and said, "Hey, you know, this is where you know where I came from," which I had heard it. So yeah. It, yeah, but it was really interesting because we like clicked right away, and then also it was really funny too because I actually reached out to John to just do the podcast, and the best part was is that he automatically said, 
I have to do it, Erica. Really? I think that was that's really like the like he said yeah I have it's like yeah kind of in the summary I have one condition like it's like can we do it with Erica because awesome. it matches up because it matches up with you guys like just like his personality I think you two just mesh well so well together that well, I mean you do I mean you guys are married for a reason so <laughs> yeah. we do balance each other well so like I don't know if you know much about enneagrams but she's a type five which is more closed and reserved and intellectual. Okay. Double majoring in chemistry and biochemical or biochemistry and chemical engineering. You know, she's fucking genius. And I'm just addicted shot. to learning. That's a big thing on five. <laughs> <John. laughs> <You know, laughs> I'm a two. And so like I like social. I, I mean I fucking love being around people. I feed off energy. And you know, that helps open her up. But it also helps, you know, reel me in because you know, you can't be friends with everybody. You can't just make relationships with everybody. You gotta you you know gotta be smart about that. So her intellect my social, it's a good It's a good balance. It balances out for the most yeah. part. <laughs> Until she doesn't want to go do something. I'm like, come on! I have all the excuses. Yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, uh, yeah. I... I fully have left kind of the, the party scene was so nice because it's school. Now I didn't have to drink and I could be part of the thing because when you're a bouncer in Barbeck, it's just like you're yeah. automatic. You're automatically there yeah. and you can't do anything anyway. So I'm like, well, I, I thought mean, I'm getting a job at a bar just for that reason. For the yeah, same it, thing, just to be able to see, because like I have friends that love to go out, and they're they're good, they're good people, they're good people for me to have in my life. Yeah, and, uh, they but they love going out, and for me, I'm like, man, just give me a joy, I'm good. <laughs> you, know, you know, I don't I don't necessarily want to get you know fucked up, but um, it's just not conducive for bodybuilding goals, you know. Yeah, so I'll let loose, have fun. But at the end of the day, you have a goal in mind, you have a job to do. Yeah, bodybuilder. I mean, you know. Yeah. doing it and you're making money off it. it's your career you know yeah. and like you wouldn't show up to work drunk trust me this is going to be i think this saturday when i graduate it's going to be the first time i've had a drink in like like three four four months three or four months now and i'm like yeah. okay i'm good with that i was like i have i have my nice maker's mark set up with yeah. my nice little glass <laughs> yeah. i have it i got it like a few years ago it's been stashed away i was like waiting for it i was like okay i'm gonna let this one let my have self have one or two for graduation say cheers next day move on uh back back down to the back down in the basement to do more home workouts um, but bringing the bringing the fitness into it um kind of want to talk about your fitness journeys uh let's start with erica because i think um you're in are you in prep you're in prep right now right kind of i mean i was in prep until quarantine hit and now i'm kind of in limbo but i'm still you know in plan still very much planning on competing when the time is right when you want to win, you're in contest prep 365 days a year. That is true. Really yeah. working, so. <laughs> that's why we call it improvement season. It's not really an off season. It's just improvement yeah. season. That's exactly. what they. That's what they say, right? right. Wink, wink. Like, just like, <laughs> yeah. Um, we're not. We're not dieting. No, we're just eating a shit ton more of rice and chicken. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's start with Eric. Kind of, how'd you get into fitness and stuff, um, and then how that mesh with you guys both getting into it too i guess we'll guys can both get into your fitness journeys and then kind of how you guys both progress as a couple together in fitness and finding that because i think there's like some sort of things where you guys had a relationship before fitness even became a thing 
mm-hmm. and for you guys. And I think that's a struggle for a lot of people, especially as bodybuilders, is a lot of them stay in relationships with other people, other people in the industry because of just the working out and the bodybuilding, which yeah. I think is a problem. And I've heard it on like, um, what is it? Fuad's podcast. He talks about all the time is that people get together because, and they marry each other because of the fitness and then the fitness ends. And it's like, they didn't really belong together in the first place. <laughs> so kind of just go through your fitness journeys. And then, uh, how's the, how's that relationship get affected by, like fitness and all that and bodybuilding for sure um yeah so it like you said we were not in fitness really when we met um we actually kind of both found it on our own too even while we were dating um he got into it first and then i kind of got into it on my own when i went to school um we were long distance at the time so i was uh training at my university gym um John had wanted me to start training and I just wasn't interested. But then when, when he was gone, I was like, you know, I kind of want to go to the gym. (laughs) And I just, I loved the feel of a barbell in my hand. And I liked the compound movements. Like the girls were not training chest. They weren't squatting the free weights, but that's all I wanted to do. And I wanted to get stronger. And, um, it wasn't really competitive. It was just, I really love the idea of feeling strong. I should have done powerlifting probably, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, and then eventually we got like, eventually our fitness journeys meshed together once we got engaged and got married. Um, and you continue. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, I was a three-sport athlete in high school, so fitness has always been kind of a part of my life. You know, I was a chubby kid, though. You know, I've always struggled with my weight, and, um, you know, sports kind of helped me, you know, especially when I got into wrestling. You know, I had to drop, like, 30 pounds to make weight, and, uh, you know, that impacted my life in a big way. You know, a lot of of things changed when I lost that weight. You know, my interaction with females, my interaction with friends, you know, how I was perceived within my high school changed a lot, and, um, but that actually kind of took me down a really dark path which I think you can relate to, Anthony. Yeah. Uh, You know, it kind of took me down a really dark path of, you know, just like narcissistic tendencies and just kind of self-sabotaging. And um, once I moved, uh, once I moved to Indiana um, for a a year, we actually did two bouts of long-term relationship within our dating. Okay. And so the first one was when I was in Indiana. And, you know, while I was down there, I didn't have a lot to do because I was, you know, working 40 hours a week and doing this internship. And when we weren't traveling, there just wasn't much to do in the evening. So I was like, you know, I'm going to get myself a gym membership and get back into this. I started doing like CrossFit and uh, heavy training. I did some heavy, like I would do heavy squats, heavy deadlifts, heavy rows, heavy bench press. And then I would have a CrossFit wad combined with that (laughs) afterwards. So I would do like a, like a powerlifting session. And then I would do a CrossFit wad that was the same muscles. And then I would go and run a mile as fast as I could. Yeah, no. I mean, I was like, like, no, I'm losing 50 pounds by May. And I did it. I lost 50 (laughs) pounds in five months. You know, I had one cheat meal. I had two cheat meals the whole time. uh, And it was Golden Corral. (laughs) (laughs) I would go to the gym 7 a.m. on Saturday. And then I'd go straight to Golden Corral and just annihilate (laughs) and uh and that's just kind of how i did things i lost 50 pounds um you know doing it that way you know if i could go back i would have done it a much healthier way because then i ended up kind of rebounding in a 
and kind of gaining a little bit of that weight back, but not all of it. You know, once I got into bodybuilding, that's when it kind of like all started to make sense. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of the story of how we got into fitness. I mean, um, as far as for bodybuilding goes, you know, we, we both had been training for a while and, um, I'm just so fucking competitive. Erica's not that Erica wasn't like that back then. Um, you know, but I'm really, I'm just a really fucking competitive person. Yeah. Like, I'm playing cards. Like I need to win or I will be pissed. He gets so butt hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Don't play a game with him if you're better than him. <laughs> <laughs> like I beat, hey, you can't say that though. Cause I beat you in chess and we haven't played since. That was eight years ago. Damn. That's because is no fun when you win in three moves. That's true. Anyway, <laughs> so, uh, you know, I just wanted a competitive outlet, and I had friends that were bodybuilding uh, down in the first bodybuilding gym that I, we became part of, which was Premier Athletics in um, Tupelo, Mississippi. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I just kind of got around it, and I was like, you know what? I want to do this. You know, so we got back to Michigan after uh, we ended being in school down there, and um and we both just kind of dove head first into bodybuilding. Yeah, know? we hired the same coach and he really wanted to compete. I was kind of like, meh, not really <laughs> interested, but if it's something you want to do, I mean, I can do it with you. And yeah. so for him, it was like the competitive outlet. For me, it was wanting to support him, but also wanting to just like test myself, see what I can do. Yeah, see how I look when I'm actually shredded. Yeah, yeah so our first show, we actually did the same show. It was, it was okay. Older shows this was in 2018 it was the grand rapids championships and um you know erica was doing it more for just fun and we realized when we got there that she probably shouldn't have done bikini yeah (laughs) clearly now that she's in women's physique like you would never look at her body and say that she should have ever done bikini but we didn't know back then you know i was doing classic physique which was still a joke and then she was doing bikini and um you know so it i mean we had pretty good outcome you know erica got erica, erica brought home a trophy in her novice class and uh, i got a fifth hey. place trophy well i was gonna <laughs> say that but you know and i played small I was proud of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah and then i you know i placed in all three of my classes so that was a good start you know uh Fun fact, I actually had someone create a fake Instagram account the night of my first show. And trash talking. And trash talked me on my post. Because uh, oh. I told him, because I posted that I was having a burger and fries to fill out. And he basically was like, you don't need a burger and fries, you're fat. Maybe come back, <laughs> maybe just come back in shape and grow some grow some biceps and triceps and then maybe you'll place. Now, luckily, I didn't see that until after I had already placed and everything. And I was like, yeah, fuck you, dude. <laughs> it was what? actually really funny. I'm like, first show, and he's already got haters on him. <laughs> I'm like, shit, I must be doing something right. <laughs> dude, I already got haters on me, and I haven't even done a show. I got haters on me. I got haters on me because I am a coach. That's the funny part. I was like, someone made a fake Instagram account the other day, and I screenshot it, and it said like, and I made a post about why I coach. Um, and someone goes, well, I think you need clients to be a coach. And I was like, automatic. I was like, like, I was like, I, I automatically liked it just to acknowledge it. And then I sent it over to somebody and I was like, I kind of just like laughed and was like, I was like, yeah, but, um, I think it's really funny the way it's kind of cool to see that you did a prep in support of him. Yeah. Um, because there's a lot of relationships that are just the males in the bodybuilding and the female doesn't really know what it's like to go through the prep. Yeah. Which is, sure. I think why it was a key that you also did it though, is cause now 
now that you even even though you you didn't know what you were getting into you understood what he was going through at the same time yeah because i think that's the struggles no one never knows it definitely helped last year because last year I competed and she was in the middle of her two-year offseason. And, it, it, I mean, she was definitely – I mean, I couldn't ask for a more understanding wife, you know. Yeah. And it, because she goes – she's doing it herself. She knows what it takes. She knows what it's going to be like. She knows what it's like to be pissed off, hungry, and not want to talk to anybody. And so, you know, when I'm like that, she leaves me alone. When she's like that, I leave her alone unless we don't want to be left alone. It's just – it really comes down to communication. Right? Yeah. especially in that scenario a lot of couples struggle with communication but especially if one of you guys is going through a contest prep you've got to be able to communicate in a loving way that i don't want to fucking be around you right now i don't <laughs> want to be around anybody right now like i love you and and, and i just need a second and like and, and if you never go through that you never really understand what it's like to go through that so i was really appreciative of it and you know obviously halfway through her prep she got she you know she fell in love with it you know She's yeah. like, no, I'm going to come back and I'm going to fucking dominate. You know, yeah. I'm not going to take home one trophy in three classes ever again. I went from this is fun. But when I switched to, well, to figure and then to physique um, and I realized like, you know, I could actually be competitive in this. <laughs> and then I got competitive because all of a sudden, like I could visualize it and um, I fell in love with it. And now I just want to win. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's it like having the same coach? I always wanted to ask this because you guys do have the same coach. So I always wanted to know, like, what's it like um, working with? Well, we all we we all know you work with Justin. Uh, yeah. So what's it like, kind of working with the same coach, kind of feedback off each other? I think it's pretty mm-hmm. dope how close you guys are with him, though. Um, yeah. I think a lot of people also struggle with this. This is something that I talked about with uh, Sam Smith. He's kind of an up and coming yeah. one. He works with Bryce, and. The struggle I saw with him is that he needed to switch from Dylan to someone else because he didn't want like he didn't want someone who was a friend, which is something that a lot of people struggle with, too, especially with that. It's like sometimes friends aren't truly honest when it comes to this. But Justin, we all know, is no bullshit person. So what's it like dealing with the same coach in this way? Um, So Justin is uh, Justin has become a friend to us in a way, but he definitely was just our coach. The great thing about having him as a coach for both of us is that um, we can kind of bounce things off of each other. Like, what do you think Justin meant by this? Because we both uh. know him. And so, like, sometimes if I don't understand something, John will know and he'll be able to be like, oh, yeah, this is what he means. And it makes sense. Um, and also, like, sometimes if I have questions about John, like – like Justin, I need relationship advice actually, or just like, like, or temperament advice. Like I know John's really deep in prep. This thing he told me was bothering him. I don't know how to, how to help him. Do you have any ideas? Like Justin can help us with that. It's really cool. It's a really cool dynamic. Because we both have our individual relationships with him, right? We have a coach client relationship and coming out of our last coach client relationship, um, that actually was an issue we ran into. We, We became way too close of friends with, uh, with that person and he was a good coach but it just it created i didn't know when i was talking to coach 
or when I was talking to friend. He couldn't separate it. He, the coach couldn't separate friend from client and would get like personally involved get, yeah. with things that we were asking as a client. Yeah. So yeah. like I said, he was a decent coach. He was, and he's a great guy and he's still a friend to this day. It was just, we, we both had trouble separating that. So coming into my next coach client relationship, you know, I actually never really anticipated being Justin clicking the way we have. Um, because I went into that, like, no, I need a coach. Like, yeah. I need a coach. Like, I don't need to get too close. But one thing that Justin is really good at, and I've learned to be really good at, and Erica's always been pretty good at, because um, it's just, this is where I'm talking to coach Justin, and now I'm talking to friend Justin. This is when I'm, t- and then Justin's really good at, this is when I'm talking to client John or client Erica. And this is where I'm talking to client or friend John or friend Erica. And we're both pretty good at distinguishing the differences there. And it really helps that he use, uses WhatsApp as well. So like, I know if it's WhatsApp, 99% of the time, it's going to be coach client interactions. Mm. Whereas if I'm texting him or call on a phone call or on Instagram message, whatever it may be, like, I know I can, you know, I know they're like, that's where the friendship stuff belongs. And so it's, it's a tough balance and you gotta be, you gotta be willing to separate that because your, your coach can be your friend, but your coach is your coach first. And I think that's one thing that's really helped, uh, Justin and Erica and I's relationship as a whole is just all of us being aware of the fact that he's a coach first. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of clients struggle with that. Um, you know, they struggle with because they see their coach being friendly and then, and then it allows them. It's it's just like when you you're in a relationship, right? Eventually, you get comfortable with the other person. You start saying things you would never say to a stranger. You start doing things you would never do to a stranger. You know, and if you if you don't have those lines solidified in your coach client relationship, what's going to end up happening is your coach client relationship is going to suffer because of your friendship because you're going to start taking things personally. Like when Justin tells me I'm getting fat. I know that coach Justin. I know friend Justin would be like, hey, fatty. Like, <laughs> and you got to be able to know the difference. Whereas, like, you know, some people really struggle with that and they end up, you know, their coach says, hey, you know, waistline's getting out of control. And then they're like, well, what do you mean my waistline's getting out of control? I hired you. And then it's like, you know, they take it very personally. Yeah. You can't, you can't take things personally um, at all. I mean, that's with any kind of solid relationship solid relationship you just you gotta be able to brush it off yeah you can't you can't do things personally yeah because this isn't personal i think that's been the hardest part for me too as a coach is distinguishing this especially in the beginning and especially working with the majority of the people i've worked with are my age Mm -hmm. basically so it's like older than me yeah, so everybody I so everybody I coach with is going through the same things. They're both going through classes. We're all going through finals. We're all going through the same type of stress from school and stuff. And it's really kind of weird. The first client I had, she was incredible. Um, a lot of people saw like like we said before we were discussing about this when she actually did like an incredible job. She hit her goal and everything. Um, I think that's also why there was a kind of like let go period right there. Where I was like, okay, she's getting too comfortable, so maybe we need to just pull off, let her do her own thing for a little bit, and then if she comes back, I know how to handle it a lot better. Right. Um, Because 
as we're going to think, there were topics that were coming up in our conversations when it was supposed to be about check-ins, that it'd be about school and stuff like that. Yes, that was important at the time to understand her stress levels, but then it'd be asking me about how my school went and stuff. And I'm like, that's kind of mixed between coach and client. Like that's where I was like kind of trying to separate it a little bit. And that's something I needed to work on. Um, Which I mean, once the coach client stuff is out of the way, there is room. I I feel like, like, and everyone's going to coach a little differently for me personally. Like once all of the coach client stuff is out of the way, yes. If I'm continuing a conversation in the check-in thread with my client about what's going on in either of our lives, that's okay. But is, but, but the coach client relationship has to come first, you know? And I think, uh, as you grow, you'll learn kind of like, how to make sure that all of that gets out of the way. Like I have a client today actually reach out. Um, he put it, he, he gave me, he sent me his check-ins and, um, I was very busy. Like, as you know, I was really busy this morning. Yeah. Uh, and so I was just running around. I was trying to get this band workout in. I was trying to get everything done. I was trying to go to the post office. I was trying to do all these things. And so my, my check-in reply was really short. And normally my check-in replies to this guy are, are pretty long. He's a local guy. So we, you know, we train okay. yeah. sometimes and stuff. And so like, he was like, Hey, is everything okay? Like, are you okay? Cause, cause I was so short yeah. and he thought something was wrong. And I just, and, but in where he's really good at it as well as I was just like, no, everything's fine. I'm just really busy right now. Um, that's why I was a little shorter. Sorry about that. And you know, he was like, great, have a good day. Just want to make sure you're okay. You know? And like, yeah. Whereas had he kept that conversation going, that's where it would have been like, okay, well, I just told you I'm busy. Like there needs to be an, a, like a respect there, you know? Yeah. And uh, but he doesn't, he never does that. He's a great client. He's a great client of mine, you know? And so it's just a matter of, you know, it's just like uh, if you're in any kind of leadership role over another person, yeah, like, like, that's you know, like our, te- like our teachers in, in grade school, they were our friend, but they were our teacher. Yeah. And they told us to get in line for juice time. We got in line for juice time. But when we were sitting around on the couch reading stories, we were sitting around on the couch reading stories. So, you know, um, it's just like that with any kind of leadership role. You got to be able to separate that. You got to, you have to be able to. And Justin's very good at that. And uh, and we've, we've grown to be pretty decent at that as well. So that's... Yeah. Um, now, I kind of have a big topic. There's, there's going to be two words here to kind of describe this whole thing. Um, it's kind of just fuck genetics. Yeah, fuck genetics. I think you two have probably spouted out the most about it um, that I've seen. Um, and I think it's a horrible excuse for people in this industry to have. It's the one thing, like, yes, you might be genetically blessed, like, like we were talking about with like t- natural testosterone levels or something like that, like something significant that you could change that it's kind of sucks that you were blessed with it. Like, but just cause you can't blame everything on genetics. I no. hate these people that say this, like, yes, I am actually one of the smaller guys. I am very natural. I am very one of the smaller guys, <laughs> but I also finally have learned how to actually train. There's a difference between you actually being consistent and training and nutrition and everything being your variables are all consistent and mm-hmm. then then you can maybe pull out the genetics card and that's a big maybe yeah and i, I don't think, want, i don't i truly don't believe anybody should 
use their genetics as an excuse until they're on the Olympia stage. Yeah. <laughs> At that point, okay. Yes, I understand that I'm never going to be Ronnie Coleman. I'm never going to be Jay Cutler. I just don't have the genetic shape where I'm never, you know, I'm never going to be, I could be a Rolly Winkler. Rolly's huge. Rolly's huge. You know, and it's like, uh, you know, people use genetics as such an excuse, right? And yeah. it's absolute horseshit, you know? And the thing is, is you know what drives me really insane, Anthony? When people, when people will talk to you about your genetics, like, you don't know my mom and dad, shut the fuck up. How are you going to tell me I don't yeah. have the genetic potential? Exactly. Because you're like Justin said. That's happened to me. Yeah, it's happened <laughs> She's had people question, like, I've had people come to me and say, you know, like, you know, especially with anabolic use, right? There's a risk involved. Uh, it's always it's, you take a calculated risk when you're going to make that jump. It's common sense. Um, at least in our industry, it's common sense. Um, you know, and a lot of people didn't like that I was letting, as if I could control her, letting Erica take anabolics because she didn't have the genetics. Like I've had people say, like, yeah, you 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 could probably you could probably do it, but I don't you know I don't know about Erica. And I say fuck that. <laughs> yeah, you know, and um, and now it's it's like what Justin said in a podcast a few weeks ago. He said, he said it's crazy. The the longer I'm in this thing, the better my genetics get. The harder I work. The harder I work, the <laughs> better sudden, my genetics get. I'm genetically blessed. I have I have gone from people saying, I don't think you have the genetics to, wow, you are genetically gifted. And I'm yeah. like, really? Because six months ago, you weren't saying shit about that. <laughs> yeah, it's such a limiting belief. Like, it honestly kills me when people say this. It's like, let me see you put in the work. Like, when you get into the gym... And I see you and you're kind of just ponying around, you're on your cell phone, kind of, or you're just like, you're doing like, I don't even know, like they're doing really lightweight and not going too hard. And then they kind of just focus on their phone and their text messages. I'm like, well, it's not, not really the genetics right there, but it, it limits, but I think it gives people the excuse for not working hard, Correct. I think which the is the problem I have with it. Yeah. I think the minute you blame your genetics is the minute you've already lost because you're putting your excuse on something that you can't control. Yeah. You can't control your genetics, but what can you control? The minute that you give yourself up to chance and just say like, it's not like, then you can't blame yourself because, Oh, it's just the way I was made. I can't change my genetics, but you can change how fucking hard you take a set. You can change um, how heavy you go and going to complete failure. What about the things you can change? You can change what the fuck you're putting in your mouth. Yeah. Like, stop telling me it's your genetics because it's not. Like, it's it's just not. You can you can change your body. Depend yeah. not not sorry. You can change your body regardless of your genetics. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, it's it really comes down to the fact that genetics. Yes. Okay. So, is there a limited a limiting aspect Absolutely. to genetics? Absolutely. Are there certain goals that are just going to be completely unattainable for most people? Absolutely. If you got a good coach, they'll tell you those goals are unrealistic. They won't take your money and, 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 and give you pipe dreams either. You know, if you have a good coach, they'll tell you what's realistic and unrealistic. And yes, there are certain limiting aspects to it. And yes, there's also genetics that, you know, like we, we pipe up about genetics because we've had the genetic car pulled on us so much as far yeah. as you should probably just stop because there's no way you're going to be what you want to be. You know, I told, I've been told so many times that I don't have the shape for bodybuilding. Like I'm like, and like, I'm like, okay, bet. 
Okay, yeah. Yeah, um, I'll, I will do everything in my power to make the shape happen. Like, I will build my up. I will be a 270-pound bodybuilder if that's what it takes at five foot eight. Like, you know, don't tell me I'm not going to do something. Yeah, exactly. You want to do it. That just makes me <laughs> even more determined to prove you wrong. Yeah, oh, I think people look at me crazy for being 22 and I'm like five foot six, but I'm like 160, like 170 pounds. And I'm like, dude, you can never do that. And I'm like, I still got the shape. I still got the shape to be able to do it. I was like, I've never been with like, like you were saying, being with a coach who understands your goals. Mm-hmm. If you're with a coach that knows how to take you there too, that's the important part. Um, for sure. So I was like, like we were saying, who I'm teaming up with. I mean, I did announce on the last podcast, but it's not really official yet. It's probably going to be official before when this episode comes out. But still, he knows exactly where I'm going. He knows, like, like my goal is literally just to improve as much as possible within the next two years and then see where it goes. Like, that's like the thing. Like, people need to make a realistic goal like that. And you're not going to be disappointing yourself. And you won't have that excuse to genetics. Like, you don't know what your potential is until you work with someone who can bring it out of you too. Yeah. I don't want to hear anyone blame their genetics when they're not doing everything in their power to get better. Yeah. You do everything in your power to get better. Then we'll talk about genetics and genetic limitations, but that's not, I mean, that's not going to be a conversation with a client until I'm a year in. If I'm I'm not a year in with you, we are not even going to have that conversation because quite frankly, you have no idea what you're capable of, capable of. And quite frankly, I'm not, I have no idea what you're capable of because we haven't been together long enough to see that, you know, uh, Justin is very good at uh, seeing our, seeing our bodies the way they're going to be. And I think a good coach becomes really good at that. You got to be able to see the client for where they're going to be. And, uh, you know, and so part of the, you know, one of the big things that really helped us kind of defeat that, you know, all the other people trying to put genetic limitations on us was the fact that no, we always had Justin in our corner saying, no, fuck them, fuck them. Do what I do what I say. And then we'll talk about genetics. Do what I say. We'll get you there. You know? And, uh, you know, I, we, so we just do what he says. Yeah. It's <laughs> as know, simple as that. Follow we protocol. Do, we do what's <laughs> right. And all of a sudden now we're genetic, you know, anomalies you know <laughs> like, like i'm like shut the fuck up <laughs> wait, 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 wait. you told me i didn't have the genetics and now you're telling me i'm a genetic anomaly i don't i don't see the correlation but okay this is why we'll forever wear sweatshirts and like baggy t-shirts now in the gym like that's why i do it now like every now and then you might t- you might get me in like the shirt i'm wearing right now which is a bit tighter but you but i hate doing this my buddy's always like you always wear bigger t-shirts i'm like yeah i'd rather just not get I'd rather get judged for wearing a bigger t-shirt and not letting people kind of see what's underneath. Like, I just don't like, like it like that. I just like kind of being my alone, my sweatshirt on my hoodie up. Just, just leave me alone. And that's just, the other way to do it. You see all the big dudes in the gym, you know, the, you look at, you look at videos of all the old bodybuilders training. They weren't wearing, they weren't wearing stringers. I mean, sometimes for photo shoots and stuff, but like, you know, my class, my go-to outfit for the gym is sweats and a crew neck. If it's too hot out, I wear shorts. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, but I'm always in my crew necks, you know, I'll, I'll wear a t-shirt here and there, but it's almost always a crew neck. And that's just how I like to train. I like to stay warm and limber and it's more functional. And I don't really care if people are on the gym. I remember one time in my last contest prep, I put on a stringer and all of a sudden I was like six, seven weeks out. You know, I was pretty lean six to seven weeks out. And everyone was like, what the fuck? And I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, dude, like, it's just not something I'm yeah. interested in. 
Yeah, no, I just don't like the attention. Erica can't relate with that. I don't like being hot when I train, and honestly, I don't give a fuck what people think. So I just wear my bra and spandex, and I just go after it. Erica was like 150 pounds in her offseason wearing bras and spandex. But to me, that was like hot as fuck because, like, she was just confident. Like, yeah, you know what? Fuck you guys. I've been. In this offseason for two years. I was a big girl. I didn't care. <laughs> you, you know, know you know what they always say? I forget what they were saying. They were like, I remember listening to this podcast. It was two bodybuilders. I'm trying to remember. They were like, you know, it's kind of scary. I think it was Dusty and Ron. Ron Partlow mm-hmm. and Dusty Hanschel's podcast. And they were talking about, you always know when a guy has really big arms when he has really big legs. They were like looking at him and they were like, if he wears sweatpants, he looks like he's filling out his sweatpants. He's kind of like, yeah, that guy has really big arms. Um, they're like, they can 100% yeah. guarantee that. And he's like, I can't relate. <laughs> he's like, he's like, yeah, that's why they always wear sweatshirts. So he's like, yeah, well, you can kind of just tell. Like, you kind of know when they walk in the room, they're bigger than you than you think they are. Yeah. And, it's pretty kind of it's actually kind of motivating to see that because it's like damn i want to be that big but a lot of people get really crazy and they're like these people are psychos no we just well yeah but yeah. <laughs> um something's got to be psychologically wrong here for me to want to be 270 pounds shredded yeah <laughs> you know uh but you know that's the goal i think uh you know yeah <laughs> and uh no, continue, continue. <laughs> I was going to say, if you're using genetics as an excuse, um, you're just limiting yourself yep. significantly. Yeah. Significantly. That's our that's our rant over for the podcast, people. Um, <laughs> just, just and rant. rant and yeah, and rant right here. You want to get Tom and Erica fired up? Talk about <laughs> using genetics as an excuse. Um, John, John, I want to talk about something more a little deeper. Um, mm-hmm. So... I think I was looking through your Instagram. This is how I this is how I research people is I kind of just find little tidbits about yeah. them. Um, so you overcame an eating disorder. Yeah. Well, I kind of want to go touch into that. How you overcame that? Like how did it begin, and then how did you overcome that in this yeah. taking away? Yeah, man. So. Um, Sorry to flip that switch. Right. There. No, you're good. You're good. No, I mean, um, this was a this was a really hard time in my life. This was actually the time in my life when me and Erica met. Um, so if you, if you're listening to this podcast, you made it this far, you know, you know that I played three sports in high school. I lost a bunch of weight for wrestling. I, you know, and then I self-sabotaged after high school. Um, I mentioned that, you know, obviously when I lost all that weight, the attention from girls were different. The attention, my friend, my friend groups were different. You know, I started getting all this different attention that I wasn't getting before. Um, and when I started kind of self-sabotaging and just doing a bunch of different drugs that without any care, I was, these drugs were using me. I wasn't using them. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm a firm believer that there are certain drugs that it can be used to benefit your life. I was using these drugs in a way that was not benefiting my life at all. And, um, and it wasn't anything hard or serious. It was just like, you know, excessive and, uh, and I wasn't going anywhere. And I was really just really down about my, who I was as a person, you know, where, like what I had become, I wasn't going to college. I was, you know, I gained all my weight back. I was like 250 pounds. I was working at Arby's, you know, I just was, you know, I was living in my friend's attic because my mom didn't want me doing drugs in the house. Mm-hmm. So I was, li- I was living in my friend's attic and his mom didn't even know I was staying there. Holy you know? shit. Yeah. So like, it was just a really down time in my life. 
And um, through all that, I gained all that weight back. And um, I just, I, I, I can't remember, like, the, the one moment, like, this isn't when, when it really started, but the first time I ever can remember doing it and kind of what led to it afterwards was um, my senior year. I was, I, I threw discus for track. That was one of the sports I did. And um, after I got done doing my race, we were all required to do one race. And I was getting ready to do my most important throw of my high school career. It was the most important throw I was going to ever, ever do. And I had three attempts and I had eaten way too many nachos from the concessions, concessions. <laughs> I had eaten a shit done. You know, I was so nervous. I was just nerve eating and like, I just like it got to the point where I was actually so full that I was like, fuck, I'm about to throw up like I can't even go throw right now. And this was, again, the most important throw of my high school career. Yeah. And uh, and so I just went to the bathroom and I didn't necessarily have to throw up, but I made myself throw up. And um, and I just I felt better afterwards. You know, obviously I got all that junk food out of my stomach. Of course, I felt better. You know, but that wasn't the way to do things, and I've you know obviously learned that now. But that's kind of where it started. I and then and then to top to top it all off, Anthony. After that, I went and had my best throw of my high school <laughs> career. So I, immediately, that reward center in my brain snapped. You got a little dopamine kind of kick from got it, a right? Dopamine kick, yeah. Like, oh shit, I just successfully did what I was trying to do by doing that. I've yeah. never heard this story yeah. before. And it clicked in my head, even though you know that it's wrong, that reward center in my brain just lit up like fireworks. And I was like, holy shit, I could use this. I wasn't thinking this, but this is kind of subconsciously what was going on, obviously, because years later, after I put on all that weight, I started saying, well, fuck, you know, I can eat this whole gallon of ice cream, but I can negate that. Yeah. Fucked. That's fucked. It's a very fucked way of thinking about food. Um, and it was a really downtime in my life. It was, you know, it was every, just probably five times a week I was doing that. And, uh, just, uh, yeah. And at this point in life, I was, uh, when it got the worst was when I first started getting back into fitness. Um, you know, and I, was trying to do it. So I was trying to calculate my macros and I don't recommend if you're going through anything like this, I don't recommend trying to uh, take necessarily the route that I took. There's much healthier and better ways to take the, the to, routes to take, you know, to get this, you know, you need to go see a therapist. You need to go, you, you need to find people that you can talk with that, that are professionally, you know, ready to help you, yeah. <laughs> you know? And, um, but you know, I, I went through my whole, um, trying to get back into fitness, trying to get back into fitness. And I was hitting my macros one day, binging the next, hitting the macros one day, benching the next I'd string together two or three days of hitting my macros. And then I'd bench and I would just feel like such shit about myself. Like, I just was like, I hated myself. I hated myself for not being able to control my urge to go to the bathroom and, and make myself do that. And, uh, really what it came down to, man, I, uh, I remember I actually messaged one of my mentors at the time. I mean, he, he ended up becoming a mentor. He was just kind of like 
a light acquaintance at the time. Uh, his name's Jim Stepani. I don't know if you know that yeah. that guy at all. Yeah, you know, and I don't shit. I don't even know if it was him. It could have been one of the guys running his accounts, you know. But I remember. I, I like to believe it was him, you know, especially after I got to know him a little bit better. Uh, we we've done some photo shoots and stuff together, but um, he said. You got it because I didn't mention the binging and purging. I just mentioned the control with food. Yeah. And I remember he said, you got to stop viewing food as fuel for your taste buds. And you got to start viewing food as fuel for your body. And now he didn't know anything about my eating disorder. He was just telling, giving me advice on how to hit my macros and how to view food in a more proper light. And for me, I had never looked at food that way. I had never looked at food as fuel before festivity. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And for me, that just like, it clicked something in my head where I started hitting my macros more and I started being more consistent. The binges happened less often. And when they did happen, I didn't, I I was able to fight the urge to go to the bathroom because I said, because I would think in those moments, I would think, no, I, I, I went over, but I can use this as fuel. This is fuel. It's not, I don't need to punish myself. No, all I've done is now is given myself more fuel to grow. And I just kind of like slowly but surely kind of like coached myself into this mindset of like, no, food is fuel, food is fuel, food is fuel. And, um, you know, I've had a ton of time since that time period to kind of reflect and open up to others about it and, um, it talked, you know, I was able to finally open up and tell Erica that I had been dealing with this and that was huge. You know, she wasn't able to give me the professional help that I really needed at that moment, mm-hmm. but it was, it wasn't a secret anymore. Yeah. If anyone's listening to this podcast and, and they are struggling with an eating disorder of any kind and it's a secret, the biggest piece of advice I can give you, it will make it so much more help. It will make it so much easier to seek out help if you just let it stop being a secret yeah at the end of the day when it's a secret it's yours nobody else knows i can control this but the moment you let go of that control and you open your mouth and let others know what you're really going through that gives you the power back that gives you the power back like no this isn't my dirty secret anymore this is this is something that i am going through but it is something that I'm going to conquer. And, uh, you know, obviously, again, I'll say this a million times throughout this story, but if you're going through this, you need to seek, uh, you need to seek professional help. You know, uh, I wish I had done that. You know, luckily I'm at a point now where it's, I'm removed enough, but that doesn't mean I don't go through my seasons. You know, I've gone through seasons where uh, even as, even my most recent prep, you know, I struggled with the thoughts of, of it often and, um, you know, gave in, you know, and it's just like, it's just one of those things where it's like, you, you don't want to give in, you know, you don't want to give in. And when you do, especially when it's been, I mean, anybody that's a recovering addict knows that when you give in after so much time, you feel like such a failure, but you just have to remember that like, okay, well now it's been one time in five years or now it's been four times in seven years. You know, it's like, whatever your numbers are, like that's still a W compared to every day. Yeah. You know, and so yeah, man, I, you know, it was, uh, it was a really tough thing. You know, I, I, like I said, I grew up really heavy. So, you know, I always dealt with image issues, 
And, um, and it really just kind of all accumulated right after high school. And, you know, I was very lucky. I was very lucky to be able to pull myself out of that and be where I am today. Um, you know, taking the steps I took and, and, you know, a lot of people aren't that lucky. And, um, you know, I really feel for those people, you know, it's just, uh, it's, it's something that'll haunt you for the rest of your life. If you're honest, you know, especially if you choose this lifestyle. You know, it's going to haunt you for the rest of your life. You know, uh, every time you have a cheat meal, you're going to know you can do that. But you got to You got to be stronger than that. You know, and that's kind of where I'm at in those situations. It's like, yes, when I do have a cheat meal, I know I have that option, but I cannot allow myself to have that option. Like I like like it'll, the thought will come, but you have to be able to drive that out. You know, they're just intrusive thoughts at this point. You know what an intrusive thought is, Anthony? Yeah, it's, it's like. like- those- yeah, it's those thoughts that come out of fucking nowhere. Yeah. Like, like you know, you just had like a cheeseburger, and you're like, and for me, my intrusive thought would be like, okay, well, you know, you didn't have, you can make it, you didn't have that cheeseburger, and that's just fucked. You know, it's just like, you know, you like, you'll be driving down the road, and you'll be like, what if I just drove my car off the road? <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like people think, you know, everyone th- has those intrusive thoughts, you know, and everyone's intrusive thoughts are different, but you have to be able to defeat those, or else, you know, you'll end up doing, you'll end up falling back into whatever it is, or you know. Yeah, so, I think I've done yeah. it. I've done it multiple times. I think uh, this year I did it once. I think with alcohol. I think I blacked out real bad. Yeah. Uh, sometime in like the fall. I think it was actually for my. The funny part is, I think it was for my birthday. So we went out unexpectedly. I wanted to go have just like one drink with my buddies. One yeah. drink turned into two, and two drinks turned into ten, and ten drinks turned <laughs> into like fifteen drinks, and you know by the time you black out and you don't remember getting home and you wake up the next day. It's like, crap. It's like, what if I just didn't do this? It's like, what if I just kept doing it? And that's when I came to the realization too, that it was really tough to come to the realization. I had a problem Yeah. when mine is something really significant had to happen. Like I said before, we were discussing this off air when I blacked out in DC, like the whole thing, when that whole thing changed, it's like that's what needed to happen though for it to make change in my life which was a struggle though but then Mm -hmm. also like you said holding that secret that this happened it's like I realized it was a problem for myself but not until sharing it out here on air did it actually help kind of get over that and honestly, dude, like, you know, I've made posts and mentioned it here and there on my Instagram um, talking about it. But this is the most public forum I've ever I've ever shared that story. So and even now I feel even more free. Yeah. You know, like like, you know, and it's it's just a matter of, you know, every act of honesty is going to take you one step closer to your freedom. Yeah. Honesty with yourself and others. Yeah. Um, being Being vulnerable a little bit goes a long way. Um, I was discussing this with Adam uh, from Mind Pump the other day on our episode, and he he was talking about being vulnerable. And it's like you, when you actually have true vulnerability, it's so helpful. But so many people, we were talking about this nowadays, not to bring it onto a negative light, but so many people kind of fake vulnerability to get used and stuff like that. Like, there's a reason that I did it, and it was because I needed to do it. There was like a like when you feel the need to do it, like you said, you made like some post about it, like you felt that need to let it out. Yeah. And I think that's so important for people like like that went through the stuff like me and you have gone through and 
sure Erica probably went through something similar at some point in her life too. Uh, but it's so important to give those vulnerable moments to allow mm-hmm. people to kind of learn more about you. Mm-hmm. That's how yeah. I kind of view it as. It gives people to kind of know the inner you because on social media we could just be so fake and so happy and everything but there's those moments where it's just like all right here's here's true me you want to know it's like you want to not see sunshine and rainbows here it is (laughs) yeah yeah and honestly one of my core values uh is transparency and vulnerability Um, i think it's super important and if i lose clients because i'm transparent honest and vulnerable with who i am as a person then then we were never going to be a good match anyway you know um if you want to hire people, uh, Jordan Duggar says this all the time. People hire coaches, not coaching. Yeah. And like, look, <laughs> if we're not going to match up because you think of X, you think X, Y, and Z about what I've gone through. That's cool because I've got a client roster right now that fucking knows everything that I've gone through and respect me for it and respect my honesty with them for it. You know, uh, you know, I have clients from before I started using anabolics and, uh, you know, I, all of those clients that when I made the decision to make the leap to be a competitive bodybuilder, I called them. I called them and said, hey, I'm doing this and you you deserve to know that when you see me put on 25 pounds of tissue in six months, it's not because it's, it's be, you know, it's because I've made this decision to be competitive bodybuilder. Yeah. And, um, you know, so it's just a really big core value for me in general is being transparent and vulnerable. And yeah, because of that, it does drive me nuts when I see people just getting worked up on social media about bullshit. Oh, dude, <laughs> I know? hate when they fake Especially it. When they use it. They use transparency and vulnerability, like to just do some off the rocker things that aren't relatable that nobody wants to see. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's just like, come on now, nobody needs to see your your spotting. Nobody needs to see your spotting on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it's just like it's just like there's sometimes no need like it's just like I get so sick of people faking it. Like me and Adam Well, we just had a technical issue, and clearly you guys heard about being fake. Um, yeah, they don't want us. They don't want us continuing to rant because we already had we one rant off. in this. We don't. We don't need it. Clearly, the podcast company doesn't want us having a second one. You got caught um, off by the man. Well, I think. Well, I think Erica's gonna have. I think Erica's gonna have a rant right here too. Um, yeah. She gets her own one about breaking the notion that girls shouldn't lift heavy. Yeah. Uh, Eric, your time to rant. <laughs> Basically, um, let's hear your opinion on this because I think we all know where you stand with this. Uh, clearly, as an example, that it's not a bad thing to lift heavy if you are a woman. Um, there's so many benefits to it, and you're not going to become a bodybuilder in an instant. Well, clearly, 100% tell you. Um, I think this is where we're going to end with this kind of segment. Let Erica do her rant, and then we'll get we'll get off here. But uh, just kind of take us through this what this kind of statement kind of does for you, and what you think about and think about it. My favorite thing is when girls say. 
I want to train at the gym, but I don't want to look like you. <laughs> I'm like, honey, I've been doing this for five years. You're not going to look like me by picking up a dumbbell. It's yeah. going to take a little more than that. Exactly. Um, it's going to take a lot more than that. I do way more than just pick up a dumbbell at the gym. But no, girls are so afraid to quote unquote get bulky. And I don't think anybody really understands what toning or bulking means when they say that. Like, if you are skinny fat or you don't have muscle and you put on some muscle, you're also going to lose fat, especially if you're a true beginner. Like, you're just you're going to you're going to look a little better and more toned by adding on muscle. How do you add on muscle? Well, you got a progressive overload. You got to add stimulus. You got to do things that is that are going to make your body change. That's not running on a treadmill for an hour. That's just not going to do that. Yeah, Lord, I don't know. It's just hard for me when it almost like hurts me when I mean I get upset about it. Lifting heavy so much. I, I it's like talking about her baby. Yeah, when people are so adamantly against it, like people will ask for advice and be like, should I just do the five pound dumbbells for like as many reps as I can? And I'll say, why don't you try the 10 pound dumbbells? Oh, you got you got 15. Okay, let's try the 15 pound dumbbells now. I just I love encouraging especially women to just go after it. Um, you And I think many women might think they're training hard when they're just not. Um, I encourage girls who think they are training hard, like maybe have someone spot you once or twice, maybe have someone encourage you or help you out with a set. And yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, what it comes down to is like, sorry, Eric, I'm kind of taking your right. Here. Go ahead. Go ahead. But really what it comes down to is that like, yes, are there certain biological differences between differences between men and women? Yes. Is that going to make it biologically, physiologically impossible for a woman to pick up a dumbbell and just start looking like a dude. Yes. Oh absolutely. God. Yeah. That's yeah. I don't want to look like a man statement. The amount of testosterone in a man versus the amount of testosterone in a woman naturally, you're never, ever, 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 ever going to look the way that you exactly. are afraid to look. If you just lift heavy and don't do anything else, eat what mind moderate your food. So here's a perfect example. Uh, on team Mahaley, we have bikini chicks, we've got Erica, we've got other women's physique, we've got figure, we've got bodybuilding, we've got classic physique. And you want to know what? All of our training principles are exactly the same. Yep. What changes the way your body looks is the food and the drugs and the cardio. You know, and that's what's going to change. As far as for building tissue and building shape and, and having femininity, like – that's all going to be attained through progressive overload. And yeah, if, if, if like Erica's example, girls will say, you know, uh, if I pick up these five pound dumbbells and do as many reps as I can, should I do that instead of the 15s? Well, no, if you can do a hundred million reps with the five pound dumbbells, then that's obviously not changing you. Do what's gonna change your body. You, you're not going to turn into a man. You're just not. If a woman looks like she has gone from a woman to a man, she is probably taking testosterone or something yeah, like she's that. she's taking exogenous like, hormones yeah. that are creating her body to look that way because she wants to look that way for competition. You know, uh, 
until Erica took the dive into women's physique, you know, like her body still like, I mean, it still does. She still has very feminine features. You know, she doesn't look like a dude. Like I think she's sexy as fuck. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, like, you know, and, um, is she going to get big now that she's doing what's yeah, she's going to get big. She's going to, she's going to look significantly more yoked than the average female, but that's because of all of the other parts of her protocol. It has nothing to do with how she's lifting because she lifted for three years. Not, not for that shape. You know what I'm saying? And it didn't, it didn't just come. She spent three years in the gym lifting heavy ass weight. And it wasn't until you introduced the, the, the other parts of the protocol those are what's going to give you that specific look. Um, not lifting heavy. <laughs> yeah. Lifting heavy is just going to make you look sexy as fuck. I don't care who you are. <laughs> that's, that's, what, that's what I was about to say. I was like, damn, it's kind of sexy as fuck when a girl lifts heavy in the gym. Especially oh, yeah. being in college. Like, not going to lie, it's like the sexiest thing ever. When some girls actually like squatting like a good amount of weight. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Do it. And you're not like five foot. Like, if you're not like under like five foot, like, cool. Like, it's like. It's Erica has had people where she's gone into squat, Anthony. She's gone into squat and um, they asked her, we only have two squat racks at our gym. And the, guys. and the guys asked her to not asked her to not start squatting until they were done because they didn't want to feel bad because they knew her and they knew she could squat more than them. <laughs> I'm not ashamed. If a girl squats more than me, it's okay. I honestly was just like, yeah, that's kind of cool. I was like, she could do yeah. that. I was like, that's, that's impressive. <laughs> That's what I think all girls should think. I think they should want to get strong just so they can feel like a badass. Be like, yeah, I look more than the dudes. Like, come at me. (laughs) Yeah, just be... There's just such a huge misunderstanding with that, so... Yeah, Yeah, just do do what you want to do. To the women out there that listen... To the women out there that listen to this podcast and... Some usually it's Team Mahalia and them that actually do listen to episodes with anybody that involves recently anybody that involves like (laughs) Justin and Dylan. Just lift fucking heavy. Just do you in the gym. Honestly, don't give a fuck. Like, look at people on example. Like, just find examples on Instagram if you need that motivation to lift heavy. There's plenty of them. Erica's one of them. there's, There's plenty of examples of what women are actually capable of that mm-hmm. is pretty incredible if you go in the gym and just put some effort in yeah just go after it and just because you start gaining a little weight does not mean you're getting bulky or looking like a man thank you <laughs> and rant and rant and with that um guys we get we're at the end of the episode um you've listened to multiple episodes so you kind of know how this goes yes, uh, same three questions with every single guest uh, just kind of a way to close it off, give you guys a little time to plug yourselves. Um, so first question is, what three things do you think people should leave with to summarize this ep- this podcast episode? You want to do it? Want to do the first one? Okay. So uh, if, three things that I want people to leave from this episode. Um, you know, first off, make sure you're picking someone that supports you. You know, make sure you're picking your, and when you're going to find a significant other, find someone that makes you a better human being, you know, uh, that supports you fully and is even willing to jump into a contest prep with you just to understand where you're coming, where, where you're coming from when you go through it. You know, you know, luckily Erica fell in love with this, but you know, I, I, it's so, so it's so much value in picking 
people to surround yourself with that truly support you for what you're going for and, and, and support you as a human, you know, they, they see, they see the good in you before you do. And if you surround yourself with people like that, you're just, you're going to find success. You really don't have a choice because the people around you are going to force you to find that success because they see it in you more than you do. I think that's just invaluable. And then second off, man, you know, just fuck genetics. <laughs> you know, yeah, I can pretty much be summed up there. You got the gist of it. You know, don't limit yourself. Don't limit yourself based on what you think or what other people have told you that you're capable of, because you're capable of so much more than that. You know, I, you know, like, like we referenced earlier, Eric and I have both heard the, 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 the genetics speech from others and we didn't let that stop us. And, you know, now we're both working towards being nationally competitive, you know, amateur bodybuilders. And, uh, and that's huge. You know, if, if you're looking for an example of someone that, you know, didn't have the genetics, look at us. Yeah. Look at us, please. Like, like, um, you know, and we're not, we're not there by any, you know, stretch of the imagination, but we're getting there and we're working our asses off to get there. And we found a pretty damn good group. And I think we look pretty damn good, you know? And so like, if you're, if you, if you feel like you'll never get there, you know, just know that we did too. You know, we've all, we've all gone through phases where we didn't think we'd get there. Don't give up. Yeah, don't give up. You know, and don't let other people tell you what you're capable of because that's bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Unless it's, unless it's a trusted mentor or coach, you do not let a single person tell you what you're capable they of. They don't fuck you, feed you, or finance you. They don't get a say in your life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's it right there. Um, third one. Yeah, and the third one, I mean, you know, just bringing back our last couple points there, you know, if uh, I do want to again mention, like, if you're going through something with an eating disorder uh, or any sort or of any, any kind of addiction, you know, seek professional help, seek seek people that are going to truly help you, that are equipped to help you get through that uh, and, and to, to really defeat that, you know, because as someone that's come out the other end, the feeling of victory over something like that, that's just so mentally terrorizing is just so sweet. Um, so, you know, reach out, don't keep it a secret. If you even need to, re- if, you, if I need to be the person or if Erica needs to personally be the person that you reach out to and you're listening to this, shoot us a DM, honestly, because I, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm going to point you in the direction of professionals, but I'm also going to be a, a ear to hear what you're going through. And, um, and same with Erica. And then, you know, I know you said three things, but girls, lift some heavy ass weight. <laughs> and, don't be afraid. and if you see a dude doing dumbbell shoulder press and he picks up the 35s go you, for the 40s go for the 40s <laughs> go for the 30s yeah. pick up those 40s and you make him feel like the bitch he is yeah. <laughs> oh man uh, I remember used to be in that kid that picked up the 35s yeah. Dude, I remember when I was a kid. That was just a few years ago. It was, when I was, years ago. It was like it was like a year and a half ago. I was like, ah, <laughs> yeah. Um, no. Second to last question: um, What three books and/or podcasts would you recommend everybody listen to or read? Up to you guys. You guys can make a mix. You guys can just do podcasts. Up to you guys. Well. Definitely the Grow or Die podcast with Justin. Honestly, like I'm, I'm honestly not great at podcasts, like with listening to them, but that one, especially if you're in the world of bodybuilding, 
um, or you're looking to get into the world of bodybuilding or business, um, or you just need some intensity and some fire under your ass. Like yeah. that's a really, really solid podcast. Yeah. As far as books go, um, I'm currently reading one uh, called Ego is the Enemy. And that's helping me a ton. Tell me a ton. I got that. Yeah, I, I got that referenced from Justin, and it's been a huge game changer. And just recognizing, you know, it really just comes down to recognizing why I haven't been as successful as I want to be. You know, uh, and it's really just, you know, it's me. The biggest, like Justin put on the post, he shared a post. I don't know if you saw that, but you know, he said John's. Uh, the only thing that can stop John is John. Yeah, and I've been stopping myself for way too long, and it's been helping me a big time. And then one book, one more book I wanted to reference that I actually referenced earlier in the podcast talking when I was talking about relationships. Um, if you look up the minimalists, they have a really interesting perspective on life that really helped cultivate who I am as far as how I view relationships uh, and material items. Um, it's kind of been off the not not necessarily fitness, you know, related, but it's just uh, it's a great perspective on life. Um, they have an awesome documentary on Netflix and, uh, yeah, I just would highly, highly recommend, uh, just soaking in their viewpoints on, uh, material items and relationships because that's impacted me a lot as a, as a person. Yeah. Very solid documentary. Yeah. So I haven't watched that yet. I actually have wanted to, it's on my list, but I just get stuck watching podcasts on YouTube now, like all the time. So it'll make you donate everything. It'll make you get rid of everything. At one point, I at one point I had a note in my phone that had a list of every material, like every clothing item I had. I got down to I'm talking socks, underwear, shirts, shoes, everything. I had 70 pieces of total, like, like total. That's socks. That's pairs of socks. That's underwear. That's oh my God. everything. 70. <laughs> Yeah, he got rid of I like, so much. I had like shit. five t-shirts and like two pairs of pants. <laughs> I got, I got so much. It's now I walk in my closet. I'm like, I have no idea what to do with all this shit. I'm about to do it again. You know, <laughs> it's just, you know, it's yeah. It's we we all carry, and th- I mean, this carries across everything in life. We all carry more than we need to. You ever move a box and you go to open it when you get to your new place and it's full of trash? It's just full of junk. You haven't touched this shit. You didn't even know you had it. You go to move. You start packing up yourself. You didn't even know you had this shit. It's been five years. And you're moving it from house to house to house. And you and yeah. we do the same thing with relationships. You know? We do the same exact thing with relationships. We we were done. It was great. It was what we needed. But we carry it from season to season to season. When really, that was only supposed to be for one season of your life. And that's okay. Like, there's always, there's seven billion people in the world. Yeah. So anyway, and last <laughs> at least your shameless plug moment. Uh, where can people find you if they want anything? Uh, Instagram, coaching, all that stuff. You guys give yourself your seconds of fame here to kind of. <laughs> my Instagram is Erica Lifts Life. E R I K A. I think my Twitter is the same. It is. Okay, Instagram and Twitter. Erica Lifts Life. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm Jonathan Childress underscore. That's Jonathan with an O at the end. It's kind of weird. It's like Jonathan. It's like a marathon, but everyone just walks. 
<laughs> no, it's, uh, yeah, Jonathan Childress underscore, and um, and then that's going to be, and I think my Twitter is John Childress underscore, um, just because my name's too long. Um, if you want to find anything with our coaching, you can visit www.childressfitness.com. You're going to be able to find everything on there. Um, and yeah, I mean that's pretty much all we got. Awesome. Uh, first off, I want to say thank you guys for coming on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's pretty dope to be able just to get to know everybody. Recently, it's just like, as as you guys probably will see, it's just been an absolute team Mahaley plus like takeover. As I've said, I've had Kenny on, had Justin on. It's just everybody seems to be coming on at some point and it's just when will everybody be on um but thanks again for coming on guys and i really hope everybody enjoyed listening to this episode of the ace of spada podcast